Hello, you amazing people. You're listening to the Marketing and Coffee Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in marketing, especially in the UAE market, with your host, Lijo Itoop. Welcome, Jaya. Jaya is the co-founder and CEO of Middle East of Rewards. They have operations in India, Malaysia, Singapore, and Middle East. So she started off a career in the banking industry. Tell us more. How did you jump from a banking industry to rewards as a service app? Thank you very much, Lijo, for having me here on your podcast. And uh, the transition from banking to starting my own venture with my co-founders Sudhanshu and Nicole, it it was uh, led by this observation by all three of us that there was a gap in the way technology was being used to promote engagement in the workplace and we decided to do something about it and there were you know new concepts of gamification and mobile apps becoming interestingly popular whereas we were living in an era where we were still using spreadsheets and forms and getting physical gift vouchers for spot rewards so we decided to do something about it and we started out rewards in singapore in 2012 and today it has grown to becoming one of the largest digital reward marketplaces in the asia pacific region and we have our own saas platforms for employee recognition employee wellbeing for channel partner engagement for digital rewarding for customer loyalty so we can also integrate with third party platforms and give them an api or sdk integration it, it it was very much driven by that realization that there is a gap here and when we started out in singapore there were lots of opportunities to get support from the government in singapore in terms of funding for ideas so that really helped and then along the way we got some angel funding and then we have a strategic shareholder by the name of benefit one who acquired majority stake in our business and they are a 4 billion market cap company that also does a similar business but our technology was newer compared to what they have and that really just made us focus and believe that there is tremendous opportunity in uh, running this business and uh, yeah that's where we are and it's been hugely successful very rewarding for all three of us what started as a company with three people now has more than 50 and as you mentioned we have offices in india malaysia um singapore and uae and we operate in over 20 kind of markets and we've worked with about 150 clients yeah so uh, you're an entrepreneur you know how it feels when you know you b- build something from scratch and it starts blooming and blossoming yeah i could almost sound that uh, the pleasure and the passion that sound <laughs> while talking about the brand yeah yeah it's it's like a baby growing up and finding yeah, so how long yeah, you been so in the middle east with this uh, i moved to the middle east in 2014 and that was more a personal decision but and to be honest i'd never visited the middle east before moving here so it was a bit of a shocker and people who live outside the middle east can only think about a desert <laughs> and huh. they think all oh, the middle east is probably one massive country but after moving here i started to appreciate the differences and the uniqueness of different parts of the middle east and dubai oh my god it's really quite quite a trend setter and and it's very reflective of the kind of leadership that this place has had and 
such great vision, such great innovation, such great opportunity in this place. And in some ways, it very much reminds me of Singapore when it was building up like a very tiny country surrounded by so many massive countries around there, but just uh, a level apart. And I feel the same way about the UAE and Dubai. And when I moved here, I saw that the government was trying to focus on people losing weight and becoming healthier. And there were challenges being announced that lose weight and win gold. And I was like, oh my God, that's pretty fantastic. And insurance became mandatory. And there I felt that there was a massive opportunity to focus on corporate wellness and use technology because there was so much emphasis on innovation in, in this country. And that's when I launched Rewards in the UAE and our first product, which was Flabulous which is a corporate wellness platform and it really supports corporates to create some fun and gamification and really engage in preventing preventive well-being and award points to their employees when they are being active eating healthy run steps challenges run digital weight loss challenges and connected to a pool of very curated rewards which are also well-being related if you get for example 500 points then you can get a preferred rate at your gym membership or your next meal plan and thereby just incentivizing people to be more and more active and as we launched flabulous for clients here there was a lot of appetite for giving points out for other behaviors so can we incentivize csr can we incentivize sales trainings, can we incentivize overall learning and development, can we do spot rewarding through this platform. And that led to the birth of our next platform, which is Sarah Points. And uh, that's a full blown reward and recognition platform for companies. And uh, it's been hugely successful. And uh, I would say that at Rewards, we are, we are very much driven by our customers and trying to solve their pain points. And again, there was a customer uh, driven requirement that we really love Sarah Point, but can we use this for our channel partner incentives? Can we give points for channel partners when they upload sales receipts and stuff? And that's how Sarah Points then evolved to be more than just a reward and loyalty and recognition solution for employees, but then to to sales teams and then for customer loyalty. And then we built our technology such that it could be used with our own solutions, also. Uh, could be integrated with other solutions. So that's been the evolution and we do have some exciting new solutions in the pipeline. We're going to soon bring in Flex Benefits platform because that becomes a nice extension to our reward and recognition platform and focus on mental health and well-being because that's a very important need of the hour uh, where people are you know, just going through tremendous amount of pressure with COVID. So on the wellness platform, we're going to, we moved beyond the physical well-being and step tracking. So we added things like sleep tracking, we added mm, food tracking, nutrition tracking on Flabulous. And now we're going to soon launch mental health and well-being. And, and I, I, I find the Middle East, specifically Dubai, to be a, a very unique and important addition to whatever we are doing in, in rest of Asia, because it's a market that that moves at a faster pace than the rest of Dubai specifically and then the rest of the Middle East. And you can test your ideas quickly here. You can validate what your consumers are looking for and then you can expand to the rest of the market. So it's a very important place for 
businesses to set up and expand into that's that brings me to an interesting question because right now as you said this there's a lot of benefits that you have to get the stakeholders so i guess your stakeholders could be the hr of the company mm. yeah so yes. how, how did you go about selling it in the day like how was the, the week one like how did you go about which essentially is a b2b service about building the marketing strategy to acquire customers i'm sure that the lead time is it's quite long uh, compared to a normal journey so what was helping the marketing strategy to acquire customers the marketing strategy for any startup evolves with the age of the startup so of course when yeah. you start out you just reach out to anyone and everyone and you just try to leverage on your network oh i know somebody in xyz can you introduce me to xyz and stuff so it was driven by that of course before we launched in the middle east and uae we conducted a very detailed feasibility study and we started reaching out to companies that already appreciated the value of corporate wellness rather than trying to convert and raise awareness that corporate wellness or employee recognition is important we started offering uh, fabulous as a tool to companies who were already running wellness programs but were running it in the as one of yoga sessions or just doing health assessments and we targeted these companies so it was very targeted approach and we also collaborated with people in the industry and we focused on building an ecosystem of partners who were complementary to our business so that could be insurance brokers it could be corporate wellness companies it could be other players like gyms mindfulness companies healthy nutrition companies so that we know the industry we have people who are well wishers in the industry and that's how we were placed with a lot of credibility because there was a power in the referral and the word of mouth so that was the strategy because when you're starting out in the early days you don't have big marketing dollars to play with and it's about how can you be focused and reach the right people in the organization and now it's it's evolved significantly from there where we have a huge chunk of our marketing strategy on the digital presence that we have a lot of focus on seo sem content generation and that's on the inbound side and we use very sophisticated crms to track how our strategies are working out as well as the outbound again remains very targeted in terms of what are the valid use cases of the product that we have built and where are we looking where are clients looking for these kind of efficiencies and then we are very targeted in terms of who we want to reach out to and what conversations we want to have and linkedin plays an important role in it events play an important role in it and the ecosystem plays an important role in it so i think for companies in the b2b space it's very important to realize that you're not doing b2c marketing so you shouldn't get carried away to by seeing instagram feeds of b2c pl- c players and seeing that oh my god they're do- making such beautiful advertisements or they're yeah. posting so regularly because b2b marketing is very different it's about connecting with the right individuals and focusing on the value proposition that you're doing rather than generating awareness because it's a smaller pool that you're trying to reach out to and you have to go deeper to make them understand and get that in terms of why you versus someone else yeah i'm quite i'm quite sure because i keep telling this to people nobody goes oh wow what a instagram beautiful instagram posts <laughs> and let me just 
do business with them because of this amazing instagram post uh, yeah yeah and even for a yeah. b2b market now it's 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 become extremely challenging i feel like instagram being a differentiator or for that matter social media it's a hygiene now rather than a differentiator so i guess yes yes so uh, yes, I, so digital presence is something that's non negotiable right but i think as a startup you need to be more careful in terms of okay, even in terms of the digital presence where you're going to invest your efforts and energy what are the channels that work for you and what is it that gives you conversion versus just being present for the heck of it so of course you create your content and have your assets on the key channels that everyone expects you to be on but in terms of dedicating time you choose one or two and then you focus on them and and do them well trying to do a little bit on every channel i think that's important yeah so but has like as you said linkedin has helped you a lot okay so yeah. do you do uh, linkedin ads or it is just from the point of view of uh, just organically reaching out to people a combination of both we all know that linkedin advertising is the most expensive yeah. out of all the social media <laughs> advertising we we do run linkedin ads but it's more on the organic profile building and it was also a realization that we discovered later that it's not the company profile but also the individuals the key individuals of the companies and building their uh, profiles so that's something that we do place effort on and we try to grow and recombined it's a combination with our whole seo strategy as well so it's not just linkedin ads it's also google ads it's it's being discoverable online for the right kind of keywords that we want to work with and then when we try to reach out also people reach us through those keywords and we make outreach with a good content or a good profile on linkedin we see the success rate to be higher than just a cold outreach or just re- not doing our research and trying to just do a spray and pray strategy that okay maybe this will work and let's try to talk to this company so of course we can do a lot of due diligence and we can be more targeted and educated before reaching out to our consumer uh, in terms of what is the value proposition that we can offer so how, what percentage of your job goes in terms of educating potential clients or is it that the level of uh, awareness is very high it's just a matter of having the right product at the right place uh, or do you think that as a region education is still of the need of this is still at its infancy or it's in a mature stage see if you asked me this question before covid happened i would have given you a different answer yeah right <laughs> but now but now i think given what covid has done i think it has taught businesses that digitization is non negotiable right. so it's it's not a good to have it's a must have so it's in a way made our job of creating that awareness easier however it also comes at a time where companies unfortunately are under tremendous pressure in trying to manage their costs so the time that uh, is spent today is more on why should i invest on it now and show me the efficiencies what what does this mean for me in terms of roi and that's where we need to engage with senior leadership and boardrooms and explain to them that yes you are investing this money so it's first not a spend but investment of the money and what is it that's resulting as a product of this investment and how is it uh, helping your business i think that's extremely important and that's where we end up spending most of our time on and today especially being in uae as a market 
the digital savviness is there the access to data is there so people are always connected on their mobile phones or wi-fi so our solutions are definitely very accessible but but the question becomes now of why invest this money now versus let's wait for the markets to rebound and business to normalize and then we can talk about it and we have definitely seen that there are companies that have been investing in digitization now as part of their transformation or turnaround strategy because they've realized that they need to be more efficient with their operations and more scalable and their operations cannot halt when people are not coming into the office the, that continuity the business continuity is very important and that's that's been a benefit for us actually so the discussions have been more around the ROI the and understanding the needs of various customers because as much as we have a SaaS solution we like to listen first hand from our customers that tell us what is your pain point and then showcase that this is how our solution can solve and help you reach your mark, uh, your business goals and really showing showcasing that depth of the understanding and becoming a partner uh, with them in terms of achieving their business objectives so let me be the devil's advocate here mm-hmm. and ask you that how does it help build efficiency because that's i think as you rightly said right now everybody is looking at every penny that's being spent and i guess mm. just and especially with so much of job loss retaining employees and their motivation or the people are staying back all those comes into the picture so yeah. how, how do you build efficiency into the employees by uh, using your platform for any business to reach where they are it's the people that help them reach um their business goals and keeping your people motivated is key even on normal times <laughs> and in times like this it's even e- more important and the employee is actually the internal customer of the business and what motivates employees today is it money no money is important but it's not the answer of everything it is actually constant recognition and if we look at data in ua alone about 65 to 70% of the workforce is actually millennials and there are enough data out there that shows that millennials are socially driven they're recognition driven so they would be happier if you tell them well done in front of four people versus just giving them 100 dollars extra as part of their payroll and they are also digitally very savvy a recognition program where you have nominations where line managers are nominating and saying that okay this person has done very well and filling up essays and then taking that information to a boardroom or a exco and then you spend 5 6 hours deliberating and that meeting itself will take up like almost 20 hours or 30 hours of total time in terms of organizing and people's various time you can run a social recognition platform where everyone is empowered to recognize on an ongoing basis peer based recognition everyone feels more empowered and you get more data points to understand how are your people behaving who's really being valued and you get all these powerful insights in terms of what is going on in the business and you keep everybody motivated so it's not a case of once in a year or once in a quarter you will say okay this is the employee of the month or this is the employee of the quarter when you've gone through a very rigorous time consuming process which the employee may see that is subject to bias 
does not have transparency. Whereas when you're recognizing through a social platform, it's based on everybody's collective feedback. So that brings a very strong sense of satisfaction uh, from the employee and makes employees feel happier and more motivated, which then helps businesses uh, achieve their business goals. So here it's a case of running something traditionally, you will recognize maybe two or three percent of your workforce with certain awards or you run a digital and social recognition uh, program with maybe even just the same reward budget but you will touch 100% of your workforce and make sure that everyone is recognized and you can run a combination of monetary and non-monetary recognition program and benefit from so many more data points to understand what's happening in your business and create so many more smiles by making your feel, uh, people feel more appreciated. So now you tell me what would make sense. Absolutely. But a quick question as a layman, does your yeah. costing work as like on a capex basis or is on a subscription basis per user per month or is it uh, a one-time? It's one a subscription in- basis. It's a one-time, one-time is a, like a setup fee and then we offer various solutions to our clients where they can do some customization, white labeling and stuff. Then it's a subscription based model. So it's not even a case that the companies have to invest a lot of money up front. Yeah. They pay, that, you pay one. as you go. So that's, and then... We give them, it's not, we tell them that it's mandatory that you have to invest in rewards. If you don't want to invest in rewards and you want to run a non-monetary reward and I mean recognition program, that's also fine. So we're giving them uh, a lot of options in terms of what fits and works for their company and they can run the uh, program the way they want it. So has the approach for your marketing been different for APAC or uh, Mia? I'm sure that because APAC started, was ahead of the journey and when mm. it started much later, I'm sure there would be a different approach right now. But is because the, kind, the way the market was structured, was there a different approach that you had taken for both the markets? Yes, of course. Each market has its own uh, unique challenges and opportunities, right? In our head of headquarters like Singapore, we see reward and recognition being a more mature concept. And there the focus is more on in terms of the operational efficiencies and showing how seamless the features are and how how much value it's creating and how much data it's generating for the business whereas here at least before covid it's it was like okay why should you transform this recognition program and why how will you derive value and here we try to talk about employee happiness because the government launched the happiness and positivity framework And we're very uh, lucky that we work with one of the top government authorities in digitizing their reward and recognition framework, which is aligned to the happiness and positivity framework. So here it was more about employee happiness, positivity, whereas in Singapore or or the more uh, mature market when it comes to employee well-being and stuff, it's more about the operational efficiency and how seamless, how easy to implement the technology is. That brings me to the next question is what are your tips for in the Middle East, especially uh, for somebody who's just started their journey? Because a lot of people are starting a digital journey today as a startup or as a mature business, but starting on a digital journey. Mm. So what do you think, what are your top tips that you can give to these people who are just on the, on a B2B space and starting out on their digital marketing journey? That's a very good question. And I think I'll, 
the most important thing I would say is that one must realize very early on that you are B2B and not B2C. So the channels are different and it's not really about making, because as a young business owner, you're very passionate and you want to spread the word around about everything that you're doing and tell this is happening and that's happening. And especially in a in the B2C space, there's a lot of VC money that goes in and people have big marketing dollars. So you also wish that you could create that kind of visibility. But B2B market is unique and we, we need to be more targeted and it's called account-based marketing. So you need to know who is your end customer and you need to realize what are the segments, what is the persona of that customer that will engage in your services and you need to be very targeted and very focused and go deep into understanding the pain points of what your customer is experiencing and trying to address that and ensuring that your product, maybe not even on day one, but with every day, every launch, every implementation that you do, there should be incremental value for the customer in terms of how it's making their life easier. And that is what you need to focus on showcasing to the customer in terms of a value conversation. So the importance of showing case studies, past track record, that is very important. You need to leverage on your network. You need to be a bit thick skinned and you need to be a bit of a hustler and you need to ask and request to get connected to the right people to take the conversation forward because when you're doing B2B sales, there are many different stakeholders that are involved in making that buying decision and the lead time is going to be longer. It's not going to be a case that the person likes it, puts it in their shopping cart, buy and they pay it using your credit card. It's not like that at all. Be prepared for RFPs to come out and then long tender evaluation processes and then things like in a B2B contract. Sometimes you may have to put up some kind of guarantee if you're awarded the contract different covenants that you need to adhere by so be prepared for that and be patient at the same time i think it's important to be agile so try experiment learn if you fail then try again so don't think that if you've cracked it then this is it this is the winning formula things may change there are so many dynamics that keep changing around so keep trying new approaches to see what works, track the data, that's very important. And then do your decision making or redefining of the strategy based on the data that you're tracking so that it helps you improve incrementally rather than changing things overnight because changing things overnight is not very achievable and it ends up leaving a sense of hollowness or emptiness sometimes within within the young startup that oh no how come my first client has not come through it yeah. takes time yeah it takes time and and your brand has to be uh, or, or your brand promise what does your brand stand for and what can it do for the customer that is very important because there, there's so many companies that are coming up every day in first of all being very clear about what does your brand stand for and then developing that credibility in your brand and the positive associations, the referrals, the word of mouth, that positive equity goes a long way. And that's what I think young business owners in the B2B space need to look out for that ultimately they they need to think about, I'm going to give my customer such a wow experience that they'll be happy to refer me to whoever else 
that I want. And that's going to be the most powerful, I think, uh, winning formula for companies in, in the B2B space. So I guess you guys have done quite well waiting patiently for your for your first client to this day. And I'm sure yeah. that the journey, as they say, my overnight success was a 10-year journey. So I guess, <laughs> so you guys yeah, have I done mean, yeah. Our first client was Mashrik Bank in 2015. And it was after a lot of follow-ups and some grueling questions as well. And then, of course, when companies... Uh, all, all organizations, when they see that you're a young company and they, they want to know why you, I think that that question or addressing with confidence that why you is very important and then really partnering up with your clients. And luckily for us, Mashrik has stayed with us as a client till today and every year we do work with them. So keeping those clients satisfied and working along with them is very important. And once you have that happy customer, the word will go out there and patiently just wait, keep at it, keep building your product, keep connecting with the right people and it will happen. But be patient because B2B lead times are long. Uh, on that note, thanks a lot, Jaya, for coming on this podcast. A uh, lot of learning and I'm sure that there's a lot of inspiration for people who are listening into this podcast to start up on their own journey. Thanks a lot for coming. Thank you so much for having me.